0: Following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash.
1: Gordon's alive. Welcome to Flash,
0: Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast brad and introducing your intrepid explorer of planet mongo
1: eric we are at minute 46 of flash Gordon minute eric how you doing uh
2: you gotta help me brad because i'm in a freaking free fall down into frigid frozen phrygia which looks like finland and i can't find my fuzzy feather boa to keep me from freezing there
1: Okay, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say you didn't come up with that off the top of your head.
2: Oh, how dare you? How (laughs) dare you, sir? (laughs)
1: Uh, It's fine foolishness that we're going to partake in uh, because we have back with us our excellent guest. Please, uh, Eric, please do the honors.
2: Yes, welcome back. Joe Stuber from Comic Book Central to Day 2 of his week on Flash Gordon Minute.
0: Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. We're talking about some strange minutes here, but uh, again, always up for some Flash Gordon conversation. And I, I, I'm glad you went to the Stanley School of Alliteration. That was, uh, <laughs>
2: was I, fun I, to hear. I, I grew up on Marvel Comics. <laughs>
0: of course you did, didn't we
1: all? I, I'm a, I'm a Stanley fan. I'm a Stanley defender. Uh, I know he gets... He, he, Stanley gets some hate, um, some of it justified because...
2: Well, let's be honest. He, he, he does embellish a bit, you know... Maybe uh, the percentage of how much he created versus uh, some others, but you know he's in his nineties. You know what are you gonna do?
1: Right. But what uh, what what I found real interesting is you know I started reading comics in the late eight in the mid mid eighties, and Stanley at that point he was sort of a carnival barker, but he didn't really write comics anymore. And it was and I would had read some old issues of comics, but really you know some old Spider Man uh comics and stuff but it wasn't until he i don't know if you guys remember this stanley did a series for dc called stanley imagines the whole thing was like stanley yes i have several of those yep it was the stanleyest stanley writing ever (laughs) yeah it really was (laughs) all the alliteration and all the jokey quippy um uh Narrative panels is like, like where they had the Batman talk to issue. the
0: audience, yeah, break the fourth wall kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, well, and I remember specifically where he did the Batman issue where he said, "Is like, well, we could show you Batman working out to get in shape, but why don't we just skip ahead to Smidge?" It's like, <laughs> what the hell am I reading?
0: <laughs> Stan's thoughts.
1: Yeah, and it was you know it was certainly very fun, and, but very Stan Lee. But it it is a little jarring because that's not really how comics work anymore but it was it was fun stanley's fun but that's not what we're talking about we are talking about minute 46 a flash gordon minute eric what happens in this minute
2: yeah one of the few properties stanley uh, has never had anything to do with here we pick back up we're still in the harem dale still got the drink and you know we talked yesterday about just the inappropriateness of this drink and and what it does and dale just takes it and she chugs the entire thing and says she likes the taste. I mean, she's she's going right along with it. I don't, I don't know
1: what to make of that. It isn't bad at all. She just gives a little goofy smile and keeps drinking. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Some weird decisions. I think it might have worked better if she was bitter, or if she was drinking it half-heartedly or with her basically holding her nose. But no, she's like, it really looks like a girl on her bachelorette party.
2: Yeah, or like, you know, splash it in the face of uh, Hedonia or something like that.
1: Well, I kind of took it at
0: this part, too, because this is right before we're going to talk about the next minute, too. But this is right before she this is almost like where she's lost all hope, I think, um, at this Mm -hmm. point. Like she kind of like the next minute is when is when, you know, Flash is able to get get in touch with her and and give her some hope. But I I just kind of took it at this point like she's without hope. She doesn't see anything. You know, Flash is gone. You know, Zarkov's gone. It's just like. Okay, this might be this might be my only out. Um, the cool part is is that you know as we'll see she can definitely I don't know if it's liquor I mean, we talked we don't know what this thing is it's green um, but it, she can definitely hold it man.
1: I don't know I don't know I we'll have to talk about it in the next minute. I think she okay. might be a little bit of a lightweight because. <laughs> She's no Marion Ravenwood.
0: Well, don't forget that this thing's about as powerful as as can be, and it's not okay. Well, t- I mean, yeah, we will talk about this, but it's not long before she's fighting off the effects and and throwing down. So,
1: <laughs> well, that's true. I'm just that's saying. True. I'm just
0: saying. It's it's she's got a she's got a pretty good constitution.
1: What what would be awesome is if they showed it turns out all it is is like a green wine cooler. <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey, I had a friend in high school who was a real lightweight. He once drank half a wine cooler and he was completely
0: blitzed. <laughs> he would not have made it on Mongo.
1: <laughs> it'd be great if they said it's like yes, because well, we mentioned during the last episode that they never named this. It's. It would be great if she's like, really, I need to know what this is. Like, it's called Seagrams. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Willis jumps out and starts singing. The-
2: oh,
0: that's not dating yourself
1: at all, there. <laughs> she says like, just what I thought. It couldn't get any worse. You put
2: put that song in.
0: I actually did. I actually did. Used to buy Seagram's golden wine coolers because of Bruce Willis. (laughs) It's no joke. My fridge was stocked.
1: Bruce Willis used to be really cool and funny. Bruce Willis used to be this actor that (laughs) you may have to go back a little further. Does anybody even know who he is? I think people still know who he is because people still love Die Hard. Oh, no kids, not kids.
0: No, if you're on, if you're under, if you're under 20, I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think you got to be at least.
0: Yeah. Name his last popular
1: movie. Last popular movie. There you go. No, yeah, you're there. right. <laughs> I mean, what, what was <laughs> the one struggle. he did with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Oh, Looper. Uh, oh my. Yeah, Looper. That about ten no.
0: years ago. Yeah, that made five bucks. No. <laughs> no, you might have to go back to Pulp Fiction.
1: Pulp Fiction or. Six Sense, Unbreakable-ish, yeah, maybe Sixth Sense, Ish, yeah, prob- maybe
0: six yeah, probably six Sense.
1: No, you're right, it's just, when people do think of Bruce Willis, he's now this monosyllabic, he just squints and sort of growls his way through all of his movies, and he used to be the funny guy, Yeah. and I remember when he did Die Hard, everyone was sort of surprised, it was like, Addison from Moonlighting?
2: Yeah, very much like the Michael Keaton Batman reaction. Absolutely,
1: it wasn't very believable him being a badass, but that worked because he was—he was an action hero that wasn't as tough as all the guys he's fighting. But he was desperate and more clever, so it worked. Um, so yeah, but uh, here's a little little window into my soul. Um, <laughs> many many years ago, I had a Bruce Willis album. Oh, you mean that Bruno I... album?
0: I have both. I have both Bruce Willis.
1: Oh, my friend. Oh, it. it w- I had it on tape.
0: I have it on cassette.
1: Okay, yeah. So I had it on cassette. Yep. Uh, terrible. Uh, and what was especially bad is he did a version of "Under the Boardwalk." Yeah,
2: that's the one I yeah. remember.
1: <laughs> that's that's not a good song. It, it's 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 a song that really should be sung a cappella by like five guys trying to get you to throw them change on a on, on a boardwalk. <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason for it to be on an album
0: oh i wore that cassette out <laughs> <laughs> and the second one well the first one do you even know do you know, know what it was called return the return of bruno, of bruno. Yeah, return of uh, bruno. like what like where was he ever to begin right. with yeah and the second one was whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger Aha! Uh-huh. i have it i i was obsessed i was obsessed with bruce willis for, for a good while there so yeah
1: he was a great action hero tie this in uh, is there any point where uh, Bruce Willis would have made a decent Flash Gordon? Too bald.
0: Yeah, no. Just the, you need the you need the square jawed kind of cut from a comic book kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think you need Sam Jones.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't think you get too much different than Sam Jones or Bruce Willis a- at any point. Cause, and Bruce Willis, like I say, he used to be sort of a quippy wiseacre uh, that doesn't work for Flash, and now he's like a stoic, cranky, you know, angry grandpa. <laughs> uh, and, and that doesn't yeah. work for Flash so yeah, he he never had a Flash, a Flash moment, and uh, yeah he's definitely really bald now
2: Speaking of Flash um, we, we talked a lot uh, in previous minutes, including yesterday, about Flash's attitude uh, towards Dale and his, his immediate you know, falling in love with her and, and how he acts around Aura and I think in this minute we do really see where Flash's heart lies I mean, he has got Aura in a position that, you know I, as we mentioned you know yesterday i better you know he's a better man than us for, for for turning this down and as soon as he's told about this telepathy machine he immediately says let me contact Dale so clearly his heart is is with Dale
0: yeah that's what I love about these the, this whole this whole thing as crazy as it gets the two of them just want to connect yeah. And that I think that I think that helps as crazy as the movie is, I think I always say if I care about the characters, you can do whatever you want and then I'll, and I'll buy it. And, you, and I really do care about these characters as you're watching it.'re they're, they're very cool and, and they they like each other and they they're cool together. So yeah, you kind you kind of buy all the craziness.
1: There's a balance that I'm always trying to strike when we're talking about this movie and Sam Jones in particular, where and I don't think anyone would claim that Sam Jones is a Shakespearean actor. Uh, he, he was he was a really a good-looking guy with some screen presence. Sam wouldn't tell you that. I've interviewed.
0: Him. He, said, <laughs> he doesn't tell you that. <laughs> he knows what's hot his bread's buttered on.
1: But he just does such a good job in this movie of being likable. In the wrong hands, you would despise Flash. The women are throwing themselves at him. Everybody wants his autograph. Uh, he, he could be a cocky jock that you're like. You and going up against. A very charismatic villain and in the wrong hands you could have a situation where you're rooting for ming um and you you're, you still want flash to win you, you want him to get the girl and you want him to get and you want him to end up with dale and that's a credit to dale as well where ara is one of the most beautiful women on the planet and argus dress sexy and you know be seductive and uh you, you still you still want flash to you don't want flash to like stray even a little bit. It's like ah, all right he kisses her a little bit that's all right. We'd all do that.
0: To, to his credit, he's just met Dale. So it's not like they've got this relationship going back years. I mean, it's it goes back maybe hours. Right. So yeah. but, and, you know, but uh, yeah, he's the hero, man. Uh,
2: um I um I've seen interviews with both um Mike Hodges and Brian Blessed, and they both told the same story that this is a great example of how Sam Jones fit the Flash character, that they were going to shoot a scene, and I, they, neither one said which scene it was, and it's been it's been hard. I've, I've tried to figure it out. Maybe it's the final battle on, on War, Rock, War Rocket Ajax, but they told Sam, all right, in the next shot you're going to go up behind this guy, and you're going to smash him on the head with this, you know, metal bar or something. And he said, no, I'm not doing that. Flash Gordon would never hit someone from
1: behind. Good for him. Yeah. There you go. And this is a guy who isn't given credit for, for being an actor, but that's the sort of thing that an actor who cares about the cares about the character, cares about the role that he would do. So, uh, right. hey, good, for, good for Sam.
0: Well, I don't know if you guys have ever have you, his, uh, have you ever heard the story where he told about um, Max von Sydow how he you know because sometimes when they're shooting scenes of close-ups, sometimes the actor's there, sometimes the actor's not the the other one you're playing off of. Have you ever heard that one?
1: No, I've only. Heard OK, it, I've only heard a joke
2: because I've heard it on your podcast. OK,
0: yeah, I was going to say, because he, he does tell the story and it's and it's amazing. And it's like he he got these acting lessons from Max von Fons- Max Sydow on the set. It was, you know, they were shooting uh, a close up and, and Max had told him, he says, no, I'm because Sam was like, you don't have to be here. Like, I'm just going to read my lines you, and you can have a grip, you know, over there or something. And he says and he told me, he says, I, I will be here for your scenes and you definitely will be here for my sins <laughs> and he just knew that that like he got it at that point, it's like this is Max von C- Max von Cedar. He does not have to be here. He could be in his trailer, hanging out, taking a snooze or whatever. And he's like, "No, I'm going to be here." He's like full gear and everything. And he gave him something to play off of. And I think just the, those experiences early on, just he mentioned, taught him just how to how to be a how to be a nice guy and how you know to to treat fellow actors. And I think that sort of carried over into that character, Flash. And we see that play. I think that's why we buy him as Flash all the time.
1: Yeah. Oh, he is Flash. And when I think of Flash Gordon, I don't think it's the character from the comic strip, I don't think of the cartoon. Cartoon. i sure as heck don't think of the 2007 show I, I, I think of sam jones and when sam jones doesn't look like flash it weirds me out so when i see an interview or you know like all of us watch old episodes of highwayman and he doesn't have the right haircut
0: right or if he has the black hair or something oh yeah,
1: yeah. you know watching sam jones in, in uh other shows where he has like a black crew cut it's like what the sam hell is going on here
2: <laughs> well, you know it's very
1: interesting i
2: i have I've never, I, I, as I said I, uh, yesterday, I didn't watch the sci-fi reboot TV show. Um, I'd never, I've never seen any of the Flash Gordon cartoons. I didn't, I didn't go out and read the Flash Gordon comic strip, even though I love this movie so much. And I've never seen Sam Jones in anything else either. I haven't even seen the Ted movies. And I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm psychoanalyzing myself right now here on the spot. I wonder if there's something about, I just, I want my Flash as Sam Jones. I want my Sam Jones as Flash. And I don't want either of those things to ever deviate, so I just <laughs> avoid anything else, Sam Jones or Flash, and just keep myself in this nice little uh, Sam Jones-Flash Gordon bubble.
0: You should watch The Spirit. I will I will say that. If you have a chance, if you haven't seen The Spirit, you should check him out on that, okay. because he, as much as he is Flash Gordon, he is definitely The Spirit. Yeah, he. it's just he... The, uh, the look. I mean, they cast him perfectly in that. I mean, he he is the comic book come to life in that., um, oh, what could have been? I mean, there's so many like characters he could have done. Uh, you just, you know, Flash Gordon didn't, you know, didn't work. The movie, you know, overall, didn't make the money that they wanted to. The spirit didn't work. But, I mean, we're still talking about them all these years later. It just was at the wrong time. I think they were ahead of themselves.
1: So you you mentioned that yesterday. So uh, the spirit sets uh, an excellent What was it? Michael Eisner was the creator of that comic. Will Eisner. Will Eisner.
0: Yeah, Will Eisner's the spirit. Yeah, and we talked about that. How you know he he sort of like gave the thumbs up to Sam. You know, whenever whenever he was cast. Uh, Nana visitor from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. She's the you know she's the the girl in it. Um, she, the comedy between the two is amazing. I talked, I had a chance to talk to her on the show about it as well. And it just, um, it, it was, cause I think they're in Ted Two. Is it Ted Two? I think she's in Ted Two, And they, he, he told the story where he showed up for the table read and she was there. Like they hadn't seen each other since the spirit. <laughs> it was just kind of mind blowing after all these years. And it just, there is a chemistry there. It's, it's a fun movie. It is really cool. But if you like, like, I mean, it is literally a comic book coming to life. Just, I mean, the panels, the opening credits, everything about it. It is a comic book, so they take it very literally. It's not like, oh, not like today that we see where they're, you know, interpreting it. It, it is really um, not as far as like the Adam West Batman kind of, but almost closer toward that, but not spoofy. You know, it's just it's funny. It's a comedy, but um, he, Sam's great in it.
1: Was it a theatrical film or was it a TV movie?
0: TV movie, yeah, it came out as a TV movie, and, they, and um, Warner Archive released it a couple years ago on DVD, so it has an actual <laughs> DVD, official DVD release, you don't have to go for your bootlegs anymore, it's out there, you
1: can buy it, and it's uh, it's relatively cheap,
0: you can get it on Warner Archive.
1: Yeah, I, I always liked the character of the spirit, um, and, and Eisner was able to blend a lot of humor, just amazing artwork, really influential comic book art. Um, unfortunately, because it's not a property, uh, owned by DC or Marvel, uh, they haven't always had the easiest time continue. And because it was so tied into Eisner's skills, it was, a, you know, a, a character very obviously made for one creator to, to write and draw it. And then they did a pretty bad movie. Oh gosh, maybe 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, it was, the feature didn't help, but it, uh... Again, because I cause I've watched it and I can I can enjoy it. I, I'm a pretty easy audience for <laughs> this kind of stuff. But but it's um I got it original when I started watching. It, I thought oh 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 okay, it's closer to the Batman thing. It's I get that they're just like going crazy with it. And I kind of watched it on that level, where because everything leading up to that was like all these serious comic book things, which are like Batman and you know um you know the the Nolan universe and things like that. And then you watch this, and you're like oh, that's not what I'm what I'm used to seeing. It's like okay, I kind of get it. It's a little more jokey and. More comic booky and and that kind of thing. I watched it on that level and enjoyed it, but I totally get the misgivings that people have. And I interviewed Michael Yusselin, who's a producer, um, and he'd, he didn't even like to talk about it. Uh, so yeah, the people behind it were just like, Ugh.
1: "Frank Miller was um, he directed that? Yeah, uh, which you know uh, that wasn't a great idea."
0: <laughs> Again, I'm an easy audience for this thing, so...
1: It was It was just a thing where, and God bless Frank Miller, and I grew up a big Frank Miller fan, The people may not be familiar, Frank Miller was one of, the, you know, this a legendary figure in comics. He wrote what many people consider to be one of the two or three best comic books ever with Dark Knight Returns. Uh, which so much of what you think of when you think of the, the current iteration of Batman, you know, this this Dark Knight view of Batman, where they got away from the campiness and the really comic bookiness and sort of went grittier, uh, stems from uh, a handful of stories that Frank Miller wrote, and uh, with the Dark Knight Returns drew, um, and he uh, wrote the comic book series 300, and when Robert Rodriguez uh, wanted to make a movie out of the property he brought frank miller on as a co-director and this was a comic book artist writer who had written some scripts for hollywood but never directed anything and then his first chance at directing his own thing was the spirit and uh it was a little bit of a mess and I, i i agree with you there's some neat stuff in there but it was a little bit of a mess
0: yeah and i think people expected dark Knight returns and all these different things and you know sin city and all this and it just um it's it's silly it doesn't take itself seriously and i think people were kind of thinking that it should but um yeah if look if you're gonna if i'm gonna recommend a spirit to you i'll recommend sam jones i'll recommend our flash
1: (laughs) we talk so much about flash in this movie being sort of dim he uh he outsmarts aura and maybe outsmarts too strong a term but he figures her out and manipulates the situation and sort of beats her in a game of chicken. It's so good for Flash because R R is no dummy. Uh, Thinking about when he's basically, she won't let him, won't teach him how to use a telepathy and he's like, okay, and he just points the, uh, points the ship down because he's gonna, if she won't, Sort of bend to his will, rather than play her games. He's going to just crash a ship, and it was a good moment for Flash. Yeah. Well,
0: don't yeah. don't forget he's an NFL quarterback. So I mean, it's like he he's used to like outthinking his opponent. He's used to strategy. He's used to fakes. He's used to you know pump faking and, and all these different things. So there, you're not going to get one over on Flash, especially from a. A sort of naive planet and she, you know she's very naive so yeah she's she's not gonna outsmart flash he's gonna he's gonna do what it takes but you know he's he's gonna win the game
1: well let's not go too far he's an NFL <laughs> quarterback for the Jets <laughs> <laughs> fair enough
2: we love goofing on the Jets
1: <laughs> don't we all
2: <laughs> we've yet to have a guest defend them
1: <laughs> no no there's no one who's like hi don't say that the Jets are good and the Jets are pure
0: I'm a Steelers fan, so you're never going to hear me defending any other NFL team but the Steelers. So
2: I do have to point out, Brad, and I, I mentioned this last week when we when they, we first saw Flash. Um, he he moves the left lever to drop the ship, diving down. And she specifically said when she was giving him that flying lesson that that's the the left lever is the one that controls direction. I know I'm repeating myself from last week when they did it again, but he should have turned left or right. He should not have dove down when he pushed that left lever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Poor Sam just forgot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I listen, Mike Hodges talks about how every day it just, you know, was like, ah, uh, let's let's see. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure this out as we go. So they're going to be like, ah, who cares? Whatever. Fix whatever. it in
1: post. We fix yeah. it in post. But, uh, they fixed nothing in post with this oh, movie. They didn't, oh, yeah.
0: This movie was not fixed. Oh, oh, no, I'm sure they said on the set, we'll fix it in post. And like I said, they never got back to it. It's like kind of naming stuff. Yeah, we'll name something. Now, nah, we we'll are
1: never get back to it. One thing I like, and sort of um, at the end of this minute, where Flash, uh, he, he outsmarts Sara. He, he, he bluffs her, he, he, he sort of bluffs his way to what he wants. Um, and then we see the last image from this minute, we sort of see the ship flying off, and I just love the design of this ship. shot, yeah, awesome shot. It's an awesome shot. The design of the ship, it's, it's warm and it's round and it's couldn't look any, any more different than, uh, from the TIE fighters and the X-Wing fighters from Star Wars. You know, those look, you know, those, the shape of those ships, in a lot of ways, makes more sense, because why do you have something that almost looks like a Zeppelin? Have the weird round it, it, shapes to this, but it, it just is what makes, it's a nice... Example of what makes this movie so cool. It's like, oh, no, we're, we're not going to like try to make it sleek and modern. We're going to give it sort of a timeless or even old-timey feel to it. And a, a nice callback to this comic strip that started in the 30s.
2: And, and the sky looks awesome. And, and I think Phrygia looks creepy in a good way also. It's just it's a really good shot.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you're going back. Even the opening credits, you they're using Alex Raymond's original strip. so. Right. These things are all based on that, and it's – I don't know if, if you guys – you guys, uh, do you have the comic book adaptation of these, of Flash Gordon?
2: Yeah, we actually – I think we posted a link on our Facebook page when we first started it, okay. I
0: think. Yeah, yeah because it's – it's ama- uh, the artwork in, in that is so – I mean it it's – oh, it's stunning. Al Williamson, uh, the great Al Williamson, late great Al Williamson was amazing. Um, He did a lot of – if you remember the Empire Strikes Back adaptation. Yep. Uh, he worked on that. Those were, I mean, you see his work on t-shirts now at target it's, you know, from empire strikes back and it's just amazing. But the, he was inspired originally by those Alex Raymond, uh, flash Gordon strips. He worked on the, the comic book in the sixties for so long. And then we got this three issue adaptation, which was reprinted a couple times and, you know, hardback and paperback, but it's stunning. And it's, you see those shots like you're talking about in the movie and it's, it it is a comic book come to life i mean i know one was after the other but it's it's stunning it, i mean it's almost like you just took a comic book and just threw it right on the screen it's so cool
2: yeah we've talked a lot uh joe with uh, about just yeah the colors and just the vibrancy oh. of the colors of this movie i just yeah. it's just the set design and just you know the look and the design of uh of this movie is just one of the at one of the main things that has made it just so love it so much
0: yeah fault it for all you want but you can never fault the music the soundtrack or the art direction yeah. or the sets or anything i mean just the look and the sound of it is just awesome
1: it, no expense was spared on those things and it really and there's a timelessness to it um that we're watching this movie now is like oh this is these are still really beautiful sets and um they leaned into the cheesiness just the right amount so uh it, it, it still feels fresh and enjoyable. So it, it's it, it's just a like a little brief moment, and a, and a, one watching is like, oh yeah, that's right. This movie really is wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and that's a pretty cool scene. I love when, when Flash
1: just like decides he's gonna just smash
0: this thing right into the planet.
2: I mean, was you know, is he bluffing? I mean, if 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 Ora oh, yeah, just like you know, go right ahead. I mean, he's not gonna crash into Frigia.
0: No, he's an athlete. He's faking her out. Like he, yeah. He's a, he's a strategist. Like I said, he's he knows about outwitting your opponent. That's the first thing he does. Yeah. It's like, you know what, I'm just going to fake you out. And you're going to buy it. And she totally buys it in like three seconds. He's like, yeah, that worked.
1: Well, he knows Aura has way too much to live for. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. When you have your own pleasure, Moon, you want to live. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, part, party people do not want to... The party to end.
0: Yeah. So as well as smash into fridge, yeah.
1: This is not the day that Oral wants to die. So uh, yeah. He he knew that she would fold like a cheap suit, so uh, and she did. It it was he barely had time to point down before she was like, Okay, here we go <laughs> I get it. <laughs> now, Joe, we want to talk to you about your show, uh, Comic Book Central and just the amazing guests you've had on that show and what is it that you shoot for we haven't really done the guests aside from the fact that we just have really great um co-hosts come on we've had some people from uh, all over the world of uh the minute by minute podcasting but uh we we haven't really gone after the celebrity interview as of yet on on the main show cosmic geppetto podcast we do shoot for that on occasion and we've had some but but it's usually a thing of i'm not trying to get bruce springsteen on the show <laughs> uh, first off, that'd probably be challenging, and second, he'd probably off, do it.
0: He'd probably do it. He'd probably he, be up for
1: it. He he might do it. All the but it's a thing where you you've seen you see a thousand interviews with Bruce Springsteen, and yeah. he's too used to it. And he sort of the interviews are always fine, but there's sort of the same answers and a little pat. Uh, I've always we've always really had fun interviewing um, different musicians or artists. We had a great interview with um, Just recent episode we talked with ron Frenz, who was an amazing um artist for both thor and spider-man and it was very cool because this is the guy who drew the first issue of spider-man i ever bought that sort of sent me on my spiral into comic book fandom he drew it
0: yeah it was a the black costume and he did that 252 am i am i in the ballpark
1: yeah, it was like 257 was the issue that Two, I got yeah, okay. where he was like fighting the puma. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep, I know that
2: cover. Sure.
1: Yeah. It was really cool because Ron Friends doesn't do a lot of interviews because people don't think to interview comic book artists from the 80s.
0: Well, don't tell. Well, don't tell me that because I did
1: a, I did a whole, I did about three years of that on the IndieCast. <laughs> but there you end up being great interviews because they don't have to go on. They don't have to like go on Kimmo jimmy kimmel one week and then jimmy fallon the next week and then you yeah. know seth myers so what do you shoot for when, when you're looking for a guest
0: and i do, I do digress because we have interviewed ron friends for the indie cast, so oh my <laughs> gosh he yeah he's go the best isn't he
1: He's a great
0: interview. Yeah, he did he worked on the uh, Further Adventures of Indiana Jones a little bit too. So um yeah, he's he's been great. We did uh, that's the another podcast I do some things on uh, my my podcast uh, partner Keith Voss and I uh, we did we re- we reviewed the entire Marvel Further Adventures of Indiana Jones and talked to a lot of the creators from the you know the 80s uh, the Marvel bullpen. So yeah, if you want to go check that out, those are those are all out there. We did that for three years. We're in the dark horse uh, run now. Uh, Carl Kessel coming up. So yeah, if you like your comic book writers and artists, check that out. Uh, for Comic Book Central, that that sort of spawned. Um, you know, long story short, Comic Book Central is a large idea in my brain. Uh, that's been there for years and I was doing some podcasting on the indie and setting up these guests like Ron friends and a lot of uh, you know, Carrie Gamble and, and a lot of others and um, David McElhinney. We interviewed a lot of people, um, but as we're going through those it's. You know, I was—I I wanted to do Comic Book Central—is another bigger idea, and my wife, who is infinitely smarter than I am, said, "Well, you're doing the podcasting and you're doing the interviews and you set them all up. Why don't you just do that for Comic Book Central?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, you are—you are crazy intelligent. Thank you for <laughs> suggesting that." Um. So yeah, and and and, you know, look, I got Stanley right out of the gate, so that helped. That opened a few doors. Uh, I'm not going to lie, um, but I kind of want. That vibe of, you know, I always say the tagline is where comic books come to life. So I'm always interviewing, you know, writers, producers, actors, directors, um, and people work on the video games, uh, live shows, I've, you know, like Marvel Universe Live, the director of uh, Marvel Live. However they're brought to life, animation, whatever. I, I want to find out what, how does a person take a comic book character and put that in a different format? You know, whether it's a TV show or movie or video game or whatever. Um, I I kind of shoot for that. I loved Saturday morning TV growing up in the 70s. Uh, So, you know, interviewed people from Shazam, interviewed people from The Secrets of Isis, uh, Electra Woman and Girl. I had Dynagirl on the show. So (laughs) Um, I I love that whole kind of 70s vibe, getting up with a bowl of Captain Crunch cereal in the morning on Saturday morning and watching cartoons in your jammies. Um, All the way up to today, I love The Flash. It's one of my favorite shows. So every February I do Flash Month. Um, you talk about Flash Gordon, uh, you know, had Sam Jones was on the show. Melody Anderson was on the show. Eric Johnson, the 2007 Flash. I know you guys are iffy, <laughs> but, uh, Eric is it's not cool. his He's, fault. It's not his fault. No, family, it's not right. his fault. He did his best. Now he was on Smallville too. So we talked a lot about that. Uh, but Sam's been on the show a couple of times, got to meet him in person a couple of times. Um, it, it's just, that's what I dig on. It's just, uh, and I, I love, I love getting somebody too, that maybe somebody doesn't, hadn't heard of before, or maybe just heard of them, you know, just a little bit or something, and then finding out stuff that's not even the comic book stuff, like how they, you know, got into acting and their inspirations and different stories that come out. And I've had so many people write in and tell me, well, I didn't even know who this was. I wasn't that crazy about downloading this episode or something and then listen to it. And it's one of my favorites. And I'm like, okay, that I'm doing my job right. You know, I'm, I'm, if, I, if I'm asking the right questions, I know I'm doing my job right. So um, I just I love having conversations that you, like we're doing now, just talking about Flash Gordon. I love talking about the things that we love and however that presents itself. So I try to I try to let that come through in the podcast as much as I can.
1: Another name, that well, there's too many people with the same name is Eric Johnson, because you're just throwing me off because I just saw uh, the musician Eric Johnson in concert about a month ago. Oh, the- <laughs> yeah, it's
0: not that one. I don't know if this one's musically inclined or not.
1: And then there's also the football player, Eric Johnson. I think Mary uh, Je- Je- Jessica Simpson It's like, why are there so many of them? I guess it's just a common name, but yeah. Like Bobby Brown. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here. Uh, is there a guest? That- well, actually, I'm sorry, Eric, you were going to start, start saying something.
2: I, I was just going to say, as you know, as I mentioned uh, yesterday with first introducing Joe, that it's one of my favorite podcasts. and And, and I oh, think that you. something, you know, for our listeners who haven't heard it yet, there was Joe in talking about how he likes to just have a conversation and it comes across because definitely you get, a lot of the guests are really very candid and you you, I think that a lot of them are much more relaxed than they might be in other situations and you really get some real natural stuff. I mean, he's got one of the, one of your earlier interviews was with Jack O'Halloran who plays Han in the Superman (laughs) movies and he was so candid and he was so honest about the problems that he had on those movies and i don't think that you're going to get that in a lot of interviews
1: who, who was he in the Superman movie non he was the, non, the, 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 the guy Clintonian who doesn't talk, the,
2: the you know with zod and ursa and then non
1: he is fascinating
2: yeah, yeah. and he was an incredible interview and he was so candid about the problems he had he, he talked about a, an issue he had with christopher reeve and a problem he had uh with richard donner and he just he was completely
1: candid about it i don't think he ever like made peace with reeve he I think
0: he we we kind of got to a point in the interview, too, where he he talked about the respect that he had for him and that, you know, he was Superman. But, yeah, when they were shooting and you'll find this with a lot of the actors, I think the issue was, is that Reeve I don't want to say he was method and that he stayed in care. Like, you know, if they were craft services, he didn't think he was Superman. But when they were rolling cameras, he was Superman or Clark, whichever. Um, so when they're swinging around with Margot Kidder, you know, like he was telling her. Don't mess around. I'm not goofing around here. Mark McClure, I had him on the show, Jimmy Olsen. He said when he was in the tights, he was Superman. Um, And that's sometimes rubs actors the wrong way. (laughs) Well,
1: especially when you're dealing with like a big, tough guy. Yeah. uh, Who probably doesn't like being talked down to. Or being dismissed, uh, yeah. I, I've heard him interviewed. I think uh, how did this get made? Interviewed him, and it was a really good interview. And, but yeah, he, he was. I think he was also cranky with the producers of Superman movies, who may not have been fantastic about paying people on time.
0: Yeah, he talked about that in the interview. There were times where he was go- he would go into offices,
1: want <laughs> to know where his paycheck was.
0: It was, a, it was a weird time, man. And there was uh, yeah, if you weren't if your name wasn't Brando or Hackman. Ah, boy, watch out! I mean, you know that was there were two people that were taken care of, uh, and the rest were, you know, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't the Christopher Reeve we know now. You know, after all the Superman movies, and he was on, he did so many things, and then even after the accident, he was doing, you know, all the charity and everything he did. N- nobody knew him at the time. He wasn't going to be calling any shots. But when you put the tights on and you're Superman and you're and you're saying stuff, and it's I w- wouldn't be done this way, and would be well. But I think looking back now, 40 years later, and we're celebrating all year long on Comic Book Central, so I'm having you know Superman episodes all the time. I think that's why we're still talking about him. I think that's why no one's going to get close to him as far as Superman. I think that's why he is Superman. When we talk about Sam Jones is Flash Gordon to us, I think that's why Christopher Reeve is Superman, because he made him believable, because he took it so seriously back then. He wasn't goofing around. Um, I think that's why that movie stands the test of time, and that's why I think, in, in the words of Jack O'Halloran, they haven't touched us yet. So he takes great pride in that movie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. God bless. They've, they've got some guys who looked really good in the suit. You know, Dean Cain was a really good-looking guy who looked good as Superman. But nobody thinks about that show anymore.
0: We will on Comic Book Central. It's, it's the 25th anniversary, so I'm going to be thinking about it a lot this
1: year. Nobody <laughs> other than you.
0: I know. I, I told you before I have an easy audience for this kind of stuff.
1: And, and, and I liked that show when it was on. But it, it definitely hasn't had a long-lasting impact. And same with Brandon Routh. And I like Brandon Routh. And he's done a great job on um, Berlanti shows yeah legends yeah um but you know he, he just didn't connect with people and um the the, the gentleman uh, who's playing superman now uh, what's his name uh henry cavill. cavill uh like cavill and he's really shown some charm and likability in other roles yeah he still hasn't connected with people yet he's getting there
0: we did a deep dive in this on the indie um because they do john williams specials so uh, you know it's indiana jones podcast but um laird malamette and ron longer they do um john williams specials they look at The music of John Williams. And so we just, it's Superman's 80th, Superman the movie's 40th, so we did this two-part epic (laughs) breakdown of John Williams' Superman music where we get into Superman Returns and we touch on Man of Steel and sort of compare it to the Donner universe and those types of things. And a, a huge part of it is that they got so far away from the Reeve and Donner universe that it, it you know it became not superman. I think that's the problem. It became darker. As Ilyas Alkine said, it's more Batmanish. <laughs> he says it's Batmanish. It it became a darker character. They didn't use the music. They didn't have that epic theme, sweeping theme. Could you imagine if they lightened it up a little bit and used the John Williams theme with Henry Cavill? That's a different movie, guys.
1: You saw just a little bit of that with Justice League. Yeah. He was showing some charm and was having some fun and it was like, oh this is this is getting to a Superman I can get behind, where it just doesn't seem like an overpowered Batman.
0: Didn't you freak out when you heard the, the the few notes of the theme?
1: It was pretty exciting. That was a good moment.
0: Okay, but imagine that for two hours. Yeah. Right. Imagine the the chill that went up in your neck when you heard that, and then you heard the Batman theme, and you're like, "Oh, that we want more of that. Let's let's have some more of that." I think that's what they're they. Zack Snyder, bless his heart, but he just, he went too far in the wrong direction. He wanted to make it too different. And it's like, sometimes you just got to embrace, we talk about Flash Gordon and rebooting. It's like, say guys, don't get too far away from it. We we like what we like. Don't stray too far from Flash Gordon that we like, if you're going to reboot it. Stay, stay close to the spirit of the character. And I think they got away with that, away from that with Superman. I think they're learning the lesson now. I think they're going to be like, you know what? We need to lighten it up, get the red tights back on them and get that John Williams theme back in the movie. Yeah,
2: my fear of of a reboot of Flash Gordon is that that's the direction they would take it. They would try to make it more grounded and darker and and, and serious. And and I just, you know, maybe it's because I've seen this movie five billion times. And so this is how I like my Flash, but I just something about it just it just wouldn't fit.
0: But Marvel has set the template, though, don't forget. Marvel has set the template for fun films. You can have exciting action-adventure. Look at Black Panther. I mean, there's got humor in it. You can have all those different elements. Guardians of the Galaxy is pretty much a full-blown comedy. Uh, Ant-Man, that's a comedy. You've got to look at those things. I think they set the template. So if you want to make money, if you want this to last, you better follow the Marvel template or you're going to be in trouble. And I think they're doing that with the DC characters on TV. That fun, epic theme, sweeping themes, and all those different things. And King Shark on The Flash. You know, there's a, there's a, a pants-wearing shark. Okay, we're, we're in a different world now. I, I think they're having fun with that. Where they the Marvel, the DC movies take themselves too seriously. Give me a break. Yeah. I'm exhausted when they, I want to. I want to just go. You know, <laughs> so depressed after them.
2: Yeah, my wife, who is who is not uh, a comic book person at all. She enjoys some of the Marvel movies, and, and and she says it's the Marvel movies are fun. The DC movies are dour. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think yeah. they're going to get
0: away with, from that. I think you're going to see, and they they kind of did that with Justice League, where Zach had to leave, a, you know, unfortunately a tra- family tragedy, <clears throat> but bringing Joss Whedon in. I think they tried that to lighten it up with a Joss Whedon esque kind of Avengers feel. But at that point, it was, the movie was so Frankenstein. It, it was it was a tough tough to patch that all together. I think right. he did the best with it he could. I think you saw flashes of what they could do. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but I, I think they're getting there. I think they're. I think next time you see, they're just going to rip off the Marvel template as well. They should.
1: Yeah, uh, th- there was a few cracks showing through of, of just letting a little bit of light in. Even subtle things like his costume was a little brighter. Yeah, uh, Superman's costume was a little brighter, and the interactions between Superman and Flash, um, and you know, and Aquaman too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, lighten it up. They're they're gonna get there, but Flash definitely, definitely, you know, Flash Gordon needs to have that lighter tone um, because well, first off, I, I think we might be getting away from that that darkness in uh, filmmaking um, that was really exemplified during the Dark Knight, um, the, the Nolan Batman films, and, and hey, I love those movies. But the problem is, he did it very well. But if you don't do a Nolan movie well, they can be really a, a, just a trudge to get through.
0: And don't forget the character of Batman lends itself to that. So that that was the character; it was appropriate for that character. It's not appropriate for Superman and Wonder Woman, right. and Green Lantern and the Flash. It's not appropriate. For, and Marvel got that. Um, the, so and don't forget in Hollywood, if, if something's a success, they just keep they just keep cloning it. Well, the Batman movies were a success, so they said, "Okay, make everything like that." And they went, "Okay, well, we got what else? We got Superman. Okay, make it like that." Nah, doesn't work, guys. Doesn't work like that. You got to make it light. You got to—he's heroic, you know. Again, same thing with Flash. He's light. He's a light character. Um, He's that square-jawed superhero, you know. He's not the the dark avenging. (laughs) It's not the Punisher.
1: (laughs) he will figure this out, folks. Not Daredevil. No, no dear god no
0: so you gotta you gotta get the character you gotta get the spirit of the character and i think once you do that then you nail that you nail it
1: it'll happen someday um they will get flash gordon again and hopefully they'll get him right uh I, and i look forward to that and we'll 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 bring back the minute show when it when that happens
2: <laughs> oh are you oh, wait a minute hold on you just commit <laughs> us to some, wait way a hell-ho.
1: hey are i'm not committing us to the tv thing. show <laughs> Besides, no one's going to remember it by the time that movie comes out. <laughs> we'll be in the uh, minute by minute podcast or retirement home by that yes, point. Yes, that's true, yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, one last time, Joe, uh, where can people go to find out about Comic Book Central?
0: ComicBookCentral.net is the website. You can also catch it on Blog Talk Radio at Book comicbookcentral. And uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, there's links out there. You can catch it on iTunes, uh, just like you guys, man. Leave a review, right? <laughs> go on iTunes, uh, you know, subscribe to the Flash Gordon Minute, subscribe to Comic Book Central, leave a review. We always appreciate that.
1: Erica, uh, where can people go to find out more about Flash Gordon Minute? Welcome you to
2: chat with us on Facebook, the Flash Gordon Minute Listeners Vortex, on Twitter at Flash Gordon Pod. And an old-fashioned email, minute at gmail.com.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, as Joe was just saying, we love to get your ratings reviews on iTunes. It uh, helps our visibility. This has been another great minute, and Joe looking forward to wrapping up this week tomorrow. But I don't know, Eric. I uh, It's been a little tough for me talking to Joe.
2: Uh-oh. Oh,
1: so, no. You know, we've uh, he's been an amazing guest. He knows his stuff. But here's the thing. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I've always been the comic book guy. I've always been the comic book movie guy. And, uh... You know, Joe's joining us and he—he, uh, he, I'm going to say it, he knows more about this stuff than I do so what does that make me? Oh, well, hey
2: Brad, listen, I'm sorry that you're having some adequacy issues uh, this week. I, I know that it can be tough. You're feeling down. You're just you're, 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 your feet are dragging and your head's hanging, but don't worry. Flash will save every one of us.
0: Attention listeners! You can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listeners Vortex.
1: Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute.